interviewing top sports personalities from around the nation in order to provide you next-level insight and analysis into your Cleveland Browns. Blue Wire Hustle proudly presents All Eyes on Cleveland. And now, here is your host, Brad Ward. You are listening to a brand new special edition of All Eyes on Cleveland. I'm your host, Brad Ward. Mikey is on the ones and twos. Today is September 15th. 2021 Wednesday of NFL Week 2. We have a very special guest tonight on the show uh, with us, Daryl Ryder of 92.3 The Fan at Ryder Wrong on Twitter. Daryl, how are you doing, sir? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Brad. Very excited to have you on. First time on the show and uh, very excited. So we've got some we got some news today uh, from Kevin Stefanski and his press conference, his Wednesday press press conference uh, that uh, Odell Beckham Jr. status is out for Sunday. A uh, little peculiar to hear this on Wednesday, but it certainly sounded like coach did not want to go through another week. Uh, with his status uncertain again, isn't that what you took away from it? Yeah, I mean, it's it to me. It seemed like he did not want another week of questions about Odell's status because, well, that's our job. Uh, if yeah. he's out there practicing, and that's the thing too, is to keep in mind we see about twenty minutes of practice now, and we see no teamwork. We only see the individual drills. We get to see him stretch. Basically, we have enough time to take attendance to make sure everybody's there that uh, is supposed to be there. So when he uh, came out today and announced that Odell would not play this week, first of all, I appreciated it. So I didn't have to write about Odell every single day. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing, too, is, is, you know, Kevin Stefanski's pretty honest in uh, during his sessions with us uh, out in Berea. He does not lie to us. And I will use his comments last Friday as an example. A lot of people were taken aback that Odell was inactive against the Chiefs. I was not the least bit surprised because his comments on Friday indicated that there was a legitimate chance Beckham would be inactive for the game. So he is, uh, while he doesn't peel back the curtain too much when it comes to player injuries and, and things like that, he's refreshingly honest when yeah. we ask him questions and, uh, so, yeah, no Odell this week. Maybe we'll see him uh, in week three against the Bears or uh, week four. So, I mean, this I find this a little bit odd, so I kind of wanted to pry a little deeper here and get your thoughts on this. Just that we heard it on Wednesday, and I totally understand from a coaching aspect that you want to have the guys taking the reps that are going to be playing on Sunday. Makes right. perfect sense, right? I wonder, you know, Odell said he was uncomfortable on Sunday, which was weird because, you know, a lot of guys, uh, wide receivers, I'm sure have gone out and played with injuries and played uncomfortable before. I know we're talking about a different guy here in Odell Beckham. You know, he gets like the kind of, uh, you know, he's the elite sports car treatment, right? He has to be perfectly mentally ready and physically ready to go out on the field although he has played through injuries at times which is kind of why i was wondering a little bit you know we've always heard postseason i think two years ago that he played all year with a a nagging injury right uh core injury that year so it's all kind of you know is he i heard a lot of this today too he hasn't 
taken any contact yet. So that's correct. Right. So until he takes, well, here's my question to you, Daryl, about that. What, he he's not going to take contact in practice, is he? No. And so, Kevin Stefanski yeah. clarified that today because we asked about it. The point is, during training camp, he didn't do a lot. Right. He did all individual stuff. He and Baker took some reps like during special teams period when they're out there working on the return game or field goals or whatever. During that time, they'd be uh, Odell and Baker would be on the other field working on things, running routes, you know, whatever. But he did not take his first seven-on-seven rep until August 25th. He didn't take his first 11-on-11 rep with an actual defense on the field until the following day, August 26th, okay? He, there was, and that was during a contact period in training camp where, yeah, yeah. they were at least popping the pads. They, they not taking you to the ground, but you, you got the old bear hug from the defender. They weren't even doing that with him. He was complete. He got the quarterback treatment completely off limits. And, uh, so people have to understand it's not like he's coming back from a hammy here that he missed right. a couple weeks because he's coming. He had his knee sewn back together. And with the way he plays the game, how he jumps and how he cuts in that, if he's not comfortable on that knee, I don't want him on the field. Yeah. But and I just I think there needs to be some objective fairness, not from you, but just from this narrative out there. Yeah. Uh, You know, I I was a guest on a show today, and they asked me, so when you know when Odell comes back, when's the next time he get he's going to get hurt? And I was like, well, that's a little bit disrespectful. Yeah, you know, so let, let, let's let's move on. But, um, yeah, so that's the, the Odell timeline here. They want to make sure that when he's out there, that it's for good, okay, yeah. that he doesn't have a setback. Stefanski's been very candid in saying that he has not experienced any type of a setback. Okay. So I, ta- I take Coach at his word, again, because he does not lie to us. He might not share everything. He might not show the hand. But he does not outright lie when we ask him questions, which I respect and I appreciate because I we would be here all night if I went down the the, the list of coaches who did outright <laughs> right. lie uh, when yeah. they got asked questions. So, um, you know, take him at his word, no setbacks, and uh, it's it's a long season. They still got six, 15 games after this Sunday that they're going to have to play. Hopefully they play another three or four after that. So they want to make sure that Odell Beckham Jr. is, uh, you know, and let's be honest about it. They're playing the Houston Texans Sunday. They don't need OBJ. Yeah, they're, they're good. Yeah, no question. And you want to have him for those those last three or four in January, hopefully. Uh, more important, obviously, than these first few weeks. So I totally get that and being safe with him. It was just kind of a uh, – I wonder, you know, did Stefanski go to him and say, hey, you know, Either you're in or you're out. I need to know now it's Wednesday or was he just like, hey, you're out this week. We're just going to, you know what I mean? It's this kind of a weird conversation. Yeah. yeah. Coach told us today this was his call. He sat yeah. down with Odell and said, hey, you're not playing this week. You're going to practice. You need to go through stuff. Um, the one thing I noticed, you were asking about the contact stuff. I actually posted a video of this on uh, my Twitter and Instagram. They started beating him up a little bit. Okay. As, as far as the receivers go. And what I mean by that is the assistants and whatnot, they have these, they have pads. They, you know, they're, they're, the arms have pads over them. Uh, they've got block pads where they're trying to distract them. You know, distract, yeah. it, all the receivers were going through this drill today. I, I, 
like a mini gauntlet, so to speak. And so they were, you know, hitting him with the pads and and that. Uh, and he was he was fine. And I think that's probably like the most contact he's going to get in a practice is when they go through those drills. And the whole purpose of those drills is to make uh, to teach these receivers to catch in traffic, so to speak. When you got a corner yeah. hanging all over you, you got guys swiping at your hands and banging your body and, and things like that. That's what they use those pads for. And uh, Odell went through that entire regimen of drills today with no problem. So that was a good sign. Yeah, that's a great sign. I was actually going to ask you about something like that. You know, they do that in basketball with the big men. You know, they hit them with the pads when they go up for a layup, right? You know, or you the broom, then, right? Yeah, they they, they yeah. stick the broom up to simulate yeah. blocking, trying to block your jump shot. Yeah, exactly. To simulate, you know, making an and one or whatever, as you said, with the broom. Yeah, so uh, that's that's interesting that they did that. And that, you're you're right. That's probably the most contact you will see because it's not like they're, like they're going to say, you know, hey, Garrett, you know, go take a shot at his knee and let's see how he does, right? You know, uh, so obviously he's gonna be back at some point it, it was just uh I, the wednesday call today surprised me a little bit i wanted to get some information on it and get your thoughts on it so very good stuff there let's move on from that we're we're on uh, all eyes on cleveland here wednesday night special edition with daryl Ryder of 92.3 the fan uh we just talked to obj let's talk grant delpit real quick grant delpit uh coach has, has a chance uh to play on sunday what are your thoughts on that? Do you think if you had to give me a percentage of chance, what do you think that looks like? Yeah, it's hard to tell right now. I mean, I have a chance to win the lottery, so <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, you, sure. you know what I mean. And and so that that's that's kind of tough. Uh, on the injury report today, uh, they listed Delpit as limited with the hamstring injury, so you just kind of have to go by that again. We don't get to see a lot. Uh, limited, he might have. Uh, limited could be he missed one team rep. You, you see what I'm saying? I mean, uh, there's a lot of latitude when you're talking about the the terminology with the injury reports. So right now, I probably if you if you make me put a percentage on it, I say fifty fifty. Okay. Uh, my question, I guess, a little bit further in this would be: I wonder how they plan on getting him on the field. So you know, they got. They're going to have Harrison back. You're going to have John Johnson back. Uh, they're going to be your starters. I wonder if the only way to get them on the field is when they go to deploy this dime three safety defense. Is that, that is a way correct. to work him? Is that a way to work him in? Is that the only reps he's going to get for now? No, I don't know if it's the only reps, but look, they're being very careful with him. Remember, he he came back in training camp from the hamstring injury. He lasted a practice and I think four snaps, and then exactly. he re-aggravated. The hamstring injuries. So they are being very careful with this. Again, a situation where if you come back, you're back. We don't want you to come back less than 100% or as close to 100% as possible. And then when you come back, you hurt yourself again. That Absolutely. That's not the object of the exercise here. So they're behind the scenes. Sure. The coaches would like to have them available. That goes without saying. Same thing goes for OBJ or any other player. The entire offensive line pretty much didn't practice today because of injuries. Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, they they like him back, but again, they're they're doing it smart. They're not going to rush the kid back, and uh, so again, that's why I say it's it's fifty fifty if he plays. Yeah, and you think he, you know, if with if he was able to play, it would mostly be in that in those dime sets, right? Uh, yeah, well, you're, yeah, you're not going to give him a full workload his his first game. Yeah, um, especially coming off an injury. From my perspective, I think the litmus test is you got to go through a full practice or you right. got to go through two full practices. 
I don't because he has had this uh, re-aggravation from the the injury there uh, of the hamstring. I yeah I, I my preference would be I, I want to see him practice a couple of times because as I said earlier the last time he got through one practice okay it was that second practice that uh, he came up limping again no question no question need to see him out there a few days uh, to to gain that confidence in him and uh, hopefully they see that this week uh, and we'll see what happens I wouldn't be surprised if he if he didn't get on the field as you said 50 50 I wouldn't be surprised I said the last week people were asking about him I said I bet you he doesn't even dress and then he ended up not dressing so it seemed really too fast for him last Sunday obviously that we'll see what happens this Sunday it, once again it's not really a game that you need all all hands on deck so uh, let's talk left tackle Hubbard and wills uh both uh, DNPs did not participate today in practice. Wills with, uh, obviously, the is day-to-day, I guess, with the ankle injury from the game. And then Hubbard with a triceps injury, correct? Uh, so yeah. got hurt in the game, so yeah. which is something we did not know uh, immediately after. So they are now to contestant number three <laughs> at left tackle. And it's a question mark at this point, right? Uh, yeah, Stefanski wouldn't tell us who that is, but I'm just making an educated guess that, like James Hudson, okay, you know, took some took some of those reps, uh, or, or Blake Hance. Uh, okay, yeah, I, if I remember correctly on the depth chart, I do think they have Hudson third or uh, behind Wills on the left side, and they have Hance on the right side. Yeah. So, yeah, I again, we're, we're guessing Stefanski kind of played that one coy. Um, we did not get to see the alignment. He just kind of said, well, you know, we're up in the offices there on the whiteboard trying to figure out just how on earth we're going to get through this practice because not only did those yeah. two guys not practice, J.C. Treader didn't practice. Not a big deal there. Treader, you're going to see him Sunday. That's just a uh, – yeah, he's just not going to uh, do a whole lot during the week. And then Jack Conklin not practicing today either – and again, Stefanski seemed to indicate that the, even though they officially listed Conklin on their injury report with a knee injury, Stefanski seemed to really indicate that uh, this was they're taking care of these guys, not to overwork them during the week. Good. That's good news, obviously, there as uh, that, you know, you want that the rest of the offensive line, obviously, to be out there. All right. So I want to just. Don't want to, you know, we've harped so much on this Kansas City game. I just want to go back with one point to you. What did you think? Okay, so, you know, their game plan defensively, Daryl, was one of, you know, they were in zone 83% of the time. Yeah. Uh, They were going to take away the big play. They were going to leave the middle of the field open and just make them work the ball down the field uh, and try to limit, you know, possessions and – uh, you know, can I just times, point out, can I yeah, point something out real quick? Yeah, it was working. It was. It was. I, I, that's. I just want to point out that it was working. <laughs> they were up by twelve. Yes, it very much was working, and I agree with you. Here is my only contention uh, about that strategy: is it leaves you and and. The Kansas City Chiefs leave you, leave you little room for error, period. But that strategy, which is kind of an analytical approach, like, hey, we can only, if, if I think, like, they said, like, hey, let's hold them to 
eight possessions, they had nine, right? Uh, and then you look at the fumble and the punt and the drop punt and stuff. So they could, they were right there. They had it. We need to score seven touchdowns. They scored six. They were right there. For you their, can't like, give them ten points in the fourth quarter. Exactly. That, that's but, that, that. I mean, that that's what turned the game. Nick Chubb did something that Nick Chubb never does, and that's fumble. fumble. Uh, so you can't be upset at him for that. It it does happen, believe it or not. And the defense did their job, limited the damage to three points. And then Jamie Gillen can't field uh, the snap. Again, unfortunately, these things happen every once in a blue moon. Unfortunately, that was the wrong team for that to happen against. They get the ball to 15. We all know who, and we all knew how that movie was going to end. Just go ahead and give the Chiefs seven and let's uh, move on with our lives. But yeah. unfortunately, by giving them the seven, uh, they uh, had the lead. And then the Browns had to go into uh, being the team playing from behind. So, I, look, I think the game plan on both sides of the ball was, was pretty sound, pretty solid. Um, I love the fact that uh, Kevin Stefanski was very aggressive. Uh, yes, offensively. Uh, especially yeah, offensively. Um, you know, they got excellent pass rush on, on Patrick Mahomes. Unfortunately, it took until uh, late in the fourth quarter. But again, they made the play defensively when they needed to make that play. Yeah, remember get the ball Jan- back. Re- yeah, remember in January, the Browns couldn't get the ball back, right? Exactly. They yep. couldn't get the this, – this time around, they got the ball back. They gave Baker one last shot. Unfortunately, Baker ends up throwing the interception uh, while uh, being uh, twisted into the grass. Again, things that happen, things that can't happen from Mayfield's perspective. He certainly doesn't need me or you to, to tell him that. He knows. We talked to him today about it. He was trying to throw it away, but again – you know, your your body strength is what it is, and he yeah. just didn't do a good enough job getting that ball uh, closer to the boundary than uh, he did. And also, in his defense, he probably saw his guy there and said, you know what, I'm going to try and put this thing in a spot where my guy can get it. Yeah. So um, they were in position. That's how I look at that game. They gave themselves – I let me rephrase. They I look at the game twofold. One – they absolutely threw haymakers at the Kansas City Chiefs for three quarters and no really question. dictated that game, okay? And then, unfortunately, they kept stubbing their toe. Yeah. And then Baker, you know, makes that that critical mistake. And the second thing I look at, they had a chance to win at the end. They had a shot. It didn't happen. It's a lesson learned, and you move on from it. I loved what Baker said today about that, how he talked to the team, that this the loss should sting. We should have won the game. We blew an opportunity here, but let's not dwell on it too long because we got 16 more of these things we got to play. Um, Mike, only question, I guess I, I'll phrase it this way then. If the personnel was different, for example, putting Malcolm, Malcolm Smith out there to guard, who was good in coverage last year, and I'll admit that, but putting him out there to guard Kelsey, uh, you know, running one-on-one, running an option route, he had no prayer on on that multiple times, right? I don't you know, think you have anyone that you can he, put on Travis Kelsey that has a prayer. You might as well just read them their last rights when you put them on the field. Okay. And then same thing with Tyreek Hill. So, they, I mean, they're going two weapons. So, on third downs, can you maybe try to bracket Tyreek Hill, put two guys on him, you know, just do something to take away those two weapons. I felt it felt yeah, but taking like, away those two weapons cost you four players, and now you're playing what? Uh, five or uh, six or seven on you know, nine, 
That's just, that's not, you know what I'm or saying? Take away one. You know, I'm just saying, I'm not saying all the time, but maybe on third downs or whatever. I like the strategy. I just think there were times that maybe they could have done more to take them away. It was really easy at times because right. they left the middle of that field open. There was really easy completions there to those guys a lot. And I agree with you. It was working. 100%. So you can't really blame that. But maybe with the personnel of three safeties on the field that maybe they could bring out, you know, when next time they face them, or more Jeremiah Owosu-Koromoa, you could present better matchups, maybe, I guess, is what I'm getting to, than what we saw on Sunday. Well, I think you'll be a little happier this Sunday because they're playing the Houston Texans. Uh, this should not be a problem for them. Uh, they should win this game. The spreads, uh, last time I checked, it may have moved since, but it was 12 and a half the last 12 time. 12 and a half, yeah. So, Minus uh, 650 on the money. Yeah, line. so, I mean, look, they, they're, they're going to bounce back. I'm confident. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl this year, which means I totally put the kibosh on them. And I'm, I'm sorry, but just objectively, uh, no look, I mean, this team could get eliminated on wild card weekend or they could win the Super Bowl. We are... We have reached that point in our football lives in Northeast Ohio where we can talk about the Browns in in that regard, that they are now, instead of uh, playing for the first uh, 10 picks in the NFL draft, you are now playing for the final eight positions in the playoffs come January. Fantastic. One last question. Daryl Ryder from 92.3, and I'm going to let you go, Daryl. Uh, Dar Donovan Peoples-Jones, 47 snaps, one target. Uh, on Sunday, do you think they make a concerted effort to get him going against the Texans? Yeah, I think you'll see more DPJ. And as, as Stefanski says, they're going to have a new guy every, every week that they're you know yeah. going to. Last week it was uh, was Anthony Schwartz, and Schwartz was great, fantastic. Yeah. Three catches, sixty nine yards, had the big forty four yard juggling completion, uh, seventeen yard run that uh, Baker was a lead blocker on. Not not really crazy about that because I don't want six doing that. But <laughs> no. I, but no, I love I love the intensity from Baker. He's he yeah. is willing to do something like that. So. Um, and, and Schwartz is dinged up with a little bit of a knee injury this week. So, yeah, I, okay. I, I'm not worried about targets and catches and yards and stuff like that. I'm concerned about the flow of the offense, and I really loved the flow of the offense. And I am anticipating, yeah, one, one week, guy A gets to eat. The next week, guy B gets to eat. You know what I mean? And that's what you're going to see throughout the season this is not an offense that's predicated on one two or three players it's predicated on a half a dozen no question and uh absolutely i i just after his camp i was hoping to see him get involved more but as you said that'll that'll come i'm sure uh and we'll see that from donovan peoples jones schwartz was fantastic had the second highest pff grade of any rookie on sunday in the entire league uh, he was outstanding, so uh, great stuff there. Daryl Riddell, you, you have been a, uh, a gentleman and a scholar, fantastic guest for, for me here to come on and uh, uh, put up with my OBJ questions and all that stuff, So, and my questions about the defense. I appreciate all of that, uh, your patience, and your, you're so gracious with your time, sir. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. I, thanks for reaching out and uh, having me on your podcast. Yeah, I, hopefully we can do it again sometime, Daryl. I appreciate okay. it. Have a good one. You too. The blind stares of a million pairs of eyes looking hard but won't realize that they will never see the pee. <laughs>
Big thanks to Daryl Ryder of 92.3 Fan for joining the show tonight. Uh, kind of reacting to OBJ. You know, my thing with Odell Beckham Jr., and I'm just going to hit on this quickly, and I was kind of trying to say it to him, but for two months we've watched him go at 100% pretty much, running, cutting as hard as he can on that knee. If you make it about contact, he's not going to get contact until he gets in the game. So I'm wondering what, you know, Stefanski's saying there's no setback, but at the same time, he's looked 100%. I mean, he's running as hard as he can go and cutting as hard as he can on that knee for some time now. It's, it is a bit surprising that we're in week two now and he's ruled out. And it almost felt like Stefanski... He just didn't want to mess with it this week. He's like, I'm tired of give, giving reps to this guy if he's not going to play. I almost wonder if there's some, not anger, but frustration or angst behind it in that, hey, you know, you know, last week we gave you the benefit of the doubt. You came out here on Sunday and said you couldn't play. Well, you, you know, that takes away a lot of my game planning ability, and thankfully... Schwartz was able to step up and answer the bell in his role, probably, on Sunday. So you have to kind of wonder that this week, it, it, as, you know, Daryl said, it, this was all Stefanski's call. This was him sitting down and saying, hey, listen, you're not playing on Sunday, okay? We don't need you this Sunday. We need you to get better, you know, whatever he said to him. But this was Stefanski's call to make it on Wednesday, rule him out for Sunday, now he doesn't have to worry about the questionable tag, the game day, is he ready to go tag, and he can give the guys reps that are going to be out on the field on Sunday. And I think that's what Stefanski's focus is. And I think he'll probably reevaluate next week and say, hey, you know, if if he's going to be ready to go early in the week and he looks like he's confident he can play on Sunday, we'll, we'll roll with it, maybe give him another chance. But he wasn't going to do that two weeks in a row. Um, as far as, you know, handcuffing himself as far as the game plan goes. Obviously, it didn't matter that much as his game playing, uh, game planning, pardon me, and game uh, play calling was fantastic. Uh, he is up there right now in the league with play callers. He has defenses on their toes at all times, nonstop. Browns home opener on Sunday versus the Texans. Interesting interesting aspect of the game on Sunday. Let's hit on this real quick. Uh, seven ex-Browns across the ball from the Browns again uh, for the Titans, starting with their quarterback in Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor, whatever he's going by at this time. Uh, Taylor was a former Pro Bowler, went 7-6 and six for the 2015 Bills, threw 20 touchdowns and over three, just over 3,000 yards, rushing for another 568 and four more touchdowns on the ground. Uh, he then went on to play mo- mainly the backup role here as he uh, ushered in May- the Mayfield era and also was the backup to Justin Gilbert uh, in Los Angeles. He now gets the starting job in Houston and will probably start all season long as they opened up 1-0, and uh, beating the Jacksonville Jaguars. Houston went out and probably, I mean, they had the most free free agent signings, I think, like maybe ever for a team. Uh, they signed a ton of players this offseason. And the thing about that is, is 
they have a lot of guys that have been around and been professionals on this team. It makes them somewhat, not scary, because I don't think they're a very good team, but it makes them, you know, they, they're not just a bunch of rookies and no-names out there. These are guys that have played in the league. So uh, they do pose that threat, that they are a professional team, I think, in that aspect, uh, as they do have a lot of uh, guys that have been around and bounced around the league, guys that are pros, pros. Uh, they also have former Brown tight end Farrell Brown, uh, tight end. Uh, uh, they did have D- Darren Fells. Is Fells still there? Fells is not there anymore, I don't think. Uh, they have linebacker Tay Davis. They used to have Duke Johnson, who's gone now. Uh, they do have Christian Kirksey, fan favorite, dog check uh, originator here in uh, Cleveland. And he uh, had an interception on Sunday against the Jaguars. Uh, Cornerback Tavier Thomas uh, is on their team as well. Uh, Thomas, like Tay Davis, uh, ends up playing um, four more time on defense uh, throughout the rest of the season, though he did not start the year uh, for them, but will probably play a lot uh, as they've had a couple injuries on that side of the ball. So we may see some Tavier Thomas in that secondary, which is a good thing for sure, as he was more of a special teams ace here in Cleveland, forced into action last year. One of my all-time favorite Browns, of course, cornerback Terrence Money Mitchell saved the Browns last year, playing over 2,000 downs into the playoffs with Greedy Williams out for the year. Uh, He was spectacular in that you could depend on him every week. And he went out and did a heck of a job as a corner, filling in for a starting corner that was gone in Greedy Williams and often uh, was missing Denzel Ward at times, too. Uh, He was the best corner on the field for the Browns uh, in several games. He proved himself to be very formidable as a uh, defender and uh, dependable as he played more snaps than any other cornerback in the NFL last season. Uh, a stat I discovered when we were doing his free agency file this offseason. Pretty interesting stuff there. So Terrence Money Mitchell uh, coming back to Cleveland Stadium. Uh, Safety Eric Murray. The Browns uh, were acquired during the uh, John Dorsey era. Uh, Dorsey uh, traded for Eric Murray, former chief, as he was often to do. Um... In a trade that the Browns trade, he traded away Emmanuel Ogba, uh, who has gone on to have a better career outside of Cleveland. But Ogba was uh, traded to Minnesota uh, for the former fourth round pick Eric Murray, who spent one season in Cleveland. So it's uh, Tyrod Taylor, Farrell Brown, Tay Davis, Christian Kirksey, Tavier Thomas, Terrence Mitchell, and Eric Murray, all former Browns, now suiting up for the Texans that we will see on Sunday. An interesting aspect of the game, but uh, Duke Johnson um, and uh, Darren Fells also were recently there. A lot of Browns have gone through the Texans organization after leaving uh, Cleveland, so interesting stuff there. Browns are 12 and a half, 12 and a hook point favorites, minus 650 on the money line. Big home favorites here uh, should come home and take care of business. Uh, a couple things I'd like to see, as I mentioned to Daryl Ryder, our guest tonight, uh, on our quick uh, OBJ React kind of show. 
uh, as I was surprised that he was ruled out early in the week, but I understand completely why Stefanski wants to do it for practice and preparation purposes, uh, that I would like to see them get Donovan Peoples-Jones incorporated in the offense more. 47 snaps, one target. Of Baker, you know, you don't fault anybody for that because Baker was certainly terrific on Sunday finding the open receiver at all times, but um, or most of the time. But uh, a guy that was your camp uh, champion, your camp uh, high headliner there, uh, had a great training camp in uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, expecting big things from him this year. But Daryl is absolutely correct when he points out that it will probably be a different guy each week for this team. And that's just kind of the way, at least in the past game, that's kind of the way that this uh, team is set up and uh, uh, ready to go. Uh, that's it for tonight. We'll be back tomorrow night with a little bit of uh, roundtable action, Browns Wire roundtable action, the one and only Josh Keatley from the Browns Wire, and, of course, uh, top man Jared Mueller at thebrownswire.com joining me for a little roundtable action as we get ready for week two of the NFL season and bounce back from this Tex- uh, the uh, Chiefs game as we get the Texans at home, home opener time. You start getting excited, baby. It's it's that time. Uh, this has been another edition of All Eyes on Cleveland. Thank you for listening. Go to the website. Um, make sure you uh, check out the website at alleyesoncleveland.com uh, where you can, for just $3, become a uh, patron and a member of alleyesoncleveland.com and get all of the exclusive content where I'm pretty much just kind of writing down and putting out stuff, thoughts that come to the top of my head, things that I come across in the media that I think are interesting at all times to our patrons, and thanks to patrons that we have so far um, over there and uh, members of All Eyes on Cleveland. But check out the website either way, whether you're down to do that or not, and subscribe to the show. Uh, We're all popular podcasts. Are found. We'll be on YouTube tomorrow night back uh, on the YouTube side of things and the audio side of things. You'll be able to catch that show wherever you're listening to this one as well as on video at YouTube. And with that, we're going to get up out of here. Big thanks to Mikey on the ones and twos. Once again, thanks to Daryl Ryder for his time tonight. And with that, we are out. <laughs>